Are you a professional optimized business? Time to look at Northern Peugeot Bandura to further professionalize your fleet with their updated commercial van range. The team at Northern Peugeot Bandura can help customize your fleet to your business needs. Stock arriving now, so secure your van and beat the rush before the end of financial year madness. Visit northernpeugeot.com.au or call 9119-9008. TNC Supply. You know what we love on Radio Dub here, Oscar? We love the guests because the guests make the show because nobody wants to sit for 45 minutes listening to us speak because we're kind, we're not, well, I'm, well, <laughs> mm, well, so we're sometimes interesting, not all the time, but um, hit and miss. we're hit and miss. We're not that great. But um, we really, really appreciate Melbourne Victory. I don't know how to describe her position because she plays in so many positions and she's so good at it. Utility. And utility. One of the best utility weapons. Um, and uh, Matilda uh, plays for Melbourne Victory. Her name is Beatty Goad. She's joined Melbourne Victory this season. Beatty, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Can you hear me okay? We most certainly can. And, you know, we appreciate you taking the time uh, out of your schedule to come and speak to us because we are essentially children running a ship. And when we get <laughs> when we get really cool people to speak to us, we really, really appreciate it. Uh, Beatty, this season going to Melbourne Victory, how has it been like for you work, uh, working with working under Jeff and working with Jeff and the, the girls? Yeah, it's been it's been really lovely to be back in my home city. Um, I just love the culture of of the club Melbourne Victory. Um, we've got such a good group of girls, and Jeff has just been so supportive of everything that I do off the field. Um, so yeah, it's it's been a really smooth transition, and I'm. I feel really honoured to be a part of Melbourne Victory. Well, I feel we feel honoured to get to watch you play because some of your play this season has been fantastic. You've been you've played in the the back line and you've played at attack. What is your best position, or are you? Do you think you're just like really great at most positions that you try at some point? <laughs> I don't know if I have actually a best position because. Um, yeah, I can play quite a few positions. Um, I grew up mostly playing midfield, um, but I haven't actually played there in a while. Um, what's my best position? I think it just depends on the day and who we're playing. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't pick one, but I think I'm more comfortable probably in an attacking position rather than defensive position, just because I've spent more time being an attacking player. Um, yeah, I'm happy to be anywhere if I'm playing. I'm going to be so honest with you, Beatty. I Jeff had a, the presser after the oh, – what was that game that I saw you, Oscar, and you were sitting there? Was it the Adelaide game? Oh, yes, it was the Adelaide game. Yep. And, Beatty, I was telling Jeff, I said, Jeff, I think you need to play Beatty in the midfield. But obviously you guys have got such a quality team. Uh, I just want to see you play the number 10 role just so I can get the credit and um, see you really, really well. That's just because I'm a narcissist like that. But um, for this side has been through so much, you know, have, having Chids leave and, you know, seeing Paige Joyce, likes Paige Joyce play it right back. And you guys have had to be forced to do so many different things this year. How do you think the group has adapted to those changes? Yeah, we've had a lot of changes and, and, and including like we've last week lost KK to her injury. Um so we've had to be super adaptable, um, and I just, I just think our ability to be adaptable just reflects like 
the trust we have in one another. I think everybody had Paige's back um, that game. She spent the week um, training in right back. Um, and so hopefully we created that supportive environment where she felt like she could excel, and clearly she did. She scored such a banger. Um, so I think we have had to be really adaptive, adaptable, and because we have such a good culture within our team, it's it makes for a smoother transition when we do have to make um, those small changes. So, yeah, it's a credit to everybody in the team um, and including Jeff to also trust players to put them in those positions um, and just have trust in his players that they'll perform given a new position or environment or, um, yeah, system. Brady, you mentioned before Jeff being really accommodating as well of, of your off-field commitments. Now, I, th- I think you've undersold it a little bit being a literally a medical student whilst oh. also being a professional <laughs> now footballer. Now, see, Oscar, we should be done with this well, interview. No, We're not smart enough. Here's, here's <laughs> the thing. But my question for BD is at its core, so, you know, professional footballer for Melbourne Victory, we're not doing that a, a medical student. BD, what does it feel like, I guess, to just be better than everyone else? That's what I'm talking about, Oscar. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, no, there's many great humans out there. Um, I'm just but are they medical students and professional practice. footballers? No. They're not. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> Actually, I um, one of my best friends in medical school right now is she's an Olympic walker. She's the oh, third best walker in the world. So, um, yeah, there are other great people out there in medical school. Um, <laughs> you'll be surprised how med, med students and doctors can juggle many things. See, I, I'm going to be so honest. Like, I maybe I'm just falling into the stereotypes of – uh, medical students being super like nerdy and just not athletic. Mm. <laughs> now that I know this, I feel like I've like I just haven't done enough in my life. <laughs> because, yeah. Because imagine being an, imagine being a medical student and then also being like a professional in anything, going to the Olympics and just being great. Yeah. Like you just walk around being like with a. I would just walk around with a sign being being like I'm the best. Don't please don't talk to me. Yeah. And and, <laughs> and some people whilst you were doing that would be doing it at the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. Because they're literally Olympic walkers. Exactly. So it's it's really it's it's going on. Although I liked that response from BD in the sense that just re- reinforcing that it's actually there are lots of people who are a lot better than us. Like it's not just <laughs> BD, really. No, no. Look look BD, uh obviously those are two huge time commitments. How have you found balancing those two things back in Melbourne? Has has it been an easy transition for you getting back home and having all those responsibilities? Um, honestly, it hasn't been too difficult. Like in, um, while I was in college, um, I was also juggling like pretty harsh academics with, um, playing a lot of soccer as well. So, excuse me. Um, I say the one thing is though, I'm back in my childhood home with my parents. And on the one hand, that, um, is kind of weird to be back in my childhood home, having been like away for six years but um on the other hand like having my parents there has been super helpful I definitely would not be able to juggle both without them um so has it been a hard transition not 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 terribly hard um but I also have like an extensive support system here I came back here with friends from high school I know a lot of of the girls already on the team um and had my my parents, my grandparents, and my brothers around me. So I had a very good cushion around um, me to help. So, um, yeah, honestly, it was not too difficult. But now that I'm in, like, the thick of med school, it's getting – I'm drowning in work. But <laughs> <laughs> um, the transition was not too bad. But now I'm, like, 
treading ocean water, so it's getting a bit more difficult. But yeah, you're treading managing. it. You're treading it better than we we any of us here on Radio mm. Dub could. And you know what, Betty, I, I I've just thought about it now. We had Madison Haley on. Yep. Very smart, smart yes. Stanford or Harvard grad. Stanford. Stanford. We don't know. We need yep. to double check. One but you know how you can, everybody, double check. Check it out on the Spotify <laughs> archives of Radio Dub. But And also Fiona Wirtz, a mathma- like a qualified mathematician. I just think that if there was like one of those TV shows where it's like the smartest brains, right? I think if we stacked up you three <laughs> just to represent the A-League women's, I just think we would comfortably take it out. How do you feel about that? Pretty good. And actually, I, um, Maddie went to Stanford. We were in the same, I was like in the same class. We were in the same class. She's a year younger than me, question mark. I'm not sure. Um, but we were at Stanford for, I think, three years together. So I know Maddie really well. Um, and yeah, we, we would, I'm not sure of the competition that you mentioned, but I think Maddie and I would. No, I think, um, no I, I'm, I'm, tempted, I'm tempted just to create it. Like, I just think mm. that we should just choose the smartest person. <laughs> Are you smarter than an A-League women's First footballer? footballer? No. no. <laughs> <is the answer. laughs> but, um, see, I don't know, so, Beatty, who's who do you reckon's like, who's smarter than, like, like you or, you or Madison, now that you Straight know, yeah, who you, like, now that you, you've told us that you guys were, went to school together? Um. That's in the A League. No, no, just between you and Madison Haley. Like, what's the what's the competition? Oh, like, are who you, do you think you, you is smarter yourself? between Maddie and I? Yeah, if you do like a oh, quiz, who's um, like winning? Oh, you can't ask me that. Oh, come on, Brady. <laughs> come on, come on. Talk, um, talk, talk. I think talk we're, ch- talk we're smarter. You. I think we're smarter in different ways because um, I'm I'm obviously in med school, so I am like more sciences. Um, but I think Maddie studied, I think, symbolic systems, so it's a mix of, like, computer science and philosophy. I could be wrong. But she sounds got, too like, smart for us to even know what it is. Like, honestly, you just, you've just said that. You've just said that, and I've just gone, I do media at uni, and I barely do that. Oscar, you do law. So, like, you know what? You're, you, you need to bring up the GPA on this show, please. Because when we're talking to these guys and we don't know what we're talking about, we look ridiculous. But I, I, it's a really good point, but I'm... I love knowing that you, Beatty, actually knew Madison at Stanford. That's kind of crazy. Have you, like, maintained a communication line with her up to this point? Did you know that she was coming? Did you play a role in that? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. We we chat all the time um, when after the games, even though they've beaten us twice, um, I still obviously go after her and we have a good little chat. When I when we played in Sydney, we had lunch the next day together. Um, so, yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty tight. I was not really involved with her coming over to Australia apart from like just reassuring her that it was a cool place to live and play. Um, but I think she had all that down pat. She's got a good CV and all that. So I <laughs> don't think she needed my help in any sense. Um, but yeah, we, we stay in touch um, and I'm excited to see what she does next because I think her career is like just just jet-setting off right now. She, she, I know she's fantastic because she ge- keeps getting me fantasy points, even though mm. she's been out recently, <laughs> and that's why I kind of need her to get back really yeah. quickly because I, those fantasy points, I was very poor showing by me on the weekend, very, very poor. Now, Beatty, I want to ask, obviously, coming back from uh, Europe to Australia, that must have been like a massive decision. Like how mm-hmm. did you – when did you first start thinking about, oh, I think I want to go – I want to go back home and – and 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 see you know how I am and go back to spending obviously seeing your family on a more consistent basis and it, it must mm. have been a massive change in your life. Yeah, it 
So it was not a snap decision per se. It was like very gradual. And I guess it began. So when I first started college in the US, I knew I wanted to go to medical school. I knew I wanted to be a doctor. That's like a big goal of mine. And then in second year at college, my mom sort of sat me down and was like, we can't afford to um, like finance you going to medical school in America because it's just super expensive for international students. Um, And I sort of had to wrap my head around that pretty soon and pretty early on. Um, And then I guess that then led to me to think, okay, I should probably do med school back home in Australia. I could potentially get a Commonwealth spot and like the finances is sort of um, not a big deal. Um, So that's what when I say it was gradual like I sort of had that seed in my in my um brain already and then when I went pro in Europe um I actually had gotten into med school like right out of college so back in 2020 and I I deferred for two years so I really (laughs) delayed coming back um and it was it was definitely a hard decision um and even I was deciding between Sydney and Melbourne um, and that was also like maybe one of my hardest decisions. I, I just, no, like, no, 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 BD, let's just stop right there. Let's just take a break. Deciding between <laughs> Sydney and Melbourne is not hard, okay? You need to look at the city map and you realise you can't drive in Sydney and you say Melbourne's the only <laughs> legitimate option. <laughs> yeah, I think it was more just like is coming back home like a step back, which was mm. like psychologically makes sense in my brain, but it's not really true at all. Um but I think that just took me a while to like realize that Melbourne was probably the better choice, even though it like I guess for six years I was chasing this idea that identity and growth is like connected to being outside of um, home and away from your comfort zone. But being home is like not necessarily in, in my comfort zone because I'm like juggling two incredibly difficult paths in life. So, um, yeah, I that probably is more venting and, and ranting than you needed. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no, no. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I think that might have been the smartest, most thoughtful <laughs> answer anybody has ever given a radio. And we've had some really great, great answers. But what I was listening to, I was like, you're way too smart. This isn't fair for one human to have have be well ran, well rounded in their thought process about things and just have have like that look on life. And I just I want to just touch on that. Do you have you always kind of had that outlook, or do you think that going away allowed you to even to get that and and even expand it and you know just make you more com- confident in the choices that you make? Yeah, a hundred percent. I definitely think that. Um growth and like um identity growth requires like stepping outside of your comfort zone but in a sense that it's not um it's it's not detrimental to like mental health or well-being so like you're stepping outside by like leaving home and experiencing a different culture a different country trying to make new friends trying to create a new network for yourself a new support system for yourself outside of your home and away from like parents and and friends you've had since primary school I think there's a huge amount of growth that comes with that but then also like I was away for six years and especially my time in Spain I noticed that that like constant having to grow my network and like grow my support system was having a little bit of a toll on like my mental health and then my like um 
I guess I just got a bit lonely to put it really mm. <laughs> bluntly. I was like, I miss home. Um, so you can get definitely get homesick from being away from home, but there is, there is like, there's a balance. Um, being away from home, you grow, but also you just have to recognize like sometimes being home, you can just cause you're home doesn't mean you can't grow. Um, yeah, it's just a balance. I mean, Beatty, you speak so so eloquently about all the things that, that you, you grew from from your time overseas, obviously in places like America, I think Spain and Germany as well. I, I guess mm-hmm. both on a, on a personal and also a football level, what were kind of some of the, the biggest learnings that you, that you took away from your time not in Australia? Um, oh, so many things. <laughs> so many things. I mean, how do you explain six years of growth it's pretty hard I think in the U.S. I learned um mainly obviously independence and all that jazz like when you move out of home everybody experiences that but I think the biggest thing when I moved to the U.S. was just experiencing um different ways the country runs like the U.S. just runs so differently um I learned about race and discrimination which I just like um from a very like privileged point I didn't have to, didn't face like growing up here in Australia and then I went to the US and Trump had just been um voted in and obviously that rattled like a lot of my friends and um yeah I got into more pol- I got into politics more um and just like opened my eyes to okay the world is like much larger and 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 can be crueler than what I grew up like sheltered in um so I think that was a huge learning for me in the U.S. which is just aside from football in football in the U.S. I think I learned like you can really be stretched your limits I we we work so hard in in the U.S. in the college system um so that was really challenging um but then also like our team at Stanford was incredible like if you love Maddie like just multiply Maddie by like 20 people and that was our team like it was a lovely team um, and then in Germany and Spain, um, again, just, just different cultures, different ways of living. I mean, the Spanish people live so differently to the Americans. Like it's maybe two ends of the spectrum, I, to be I honest. I um, Spanish people are, honestly. I went to Barcelona, mm. yeah. loved it. They are living their best life. The late nights. The late, yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Everything yeah. is great it's in good. Spain, honestly. I think yeah. we all should, everyone should move to Spain. <laughs> Radio Dub does Spain, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very relaxed way of living, um, which works and, and also doesn't work for me. I'm very type A, so that was, like, very interesting being in Spain and being like, hey, maybe I shouldn't be as type A. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, those are just, like, maybe two two huge learning points, but there's, there's a lot more um, I would have to, like, think more and read my journal. <laughs> no, but, no. Um, yeah, hopefully that they're two insightful yeah. points. Do some study next time yeah, you come please, on, come on like, be, oh, be yeah, prepared. Be prepared yeah. when you come on Radio Dub. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. No, but Beatty, speaking to you is is, is really important because this is what the reason why we love Radio Dub and, and getting to know more about players and, and the things that they care about and, and understanding the footballers are not just, you know, the people who kick the ball on the, on the pitch, but obviously the footballing aspect is, is pretty big. Now, Beatty... Me and Oscar here, mm-hmm. we're championing you for a Matilda's call up. I'm going to be so honest about that. Rope to me. No, no, Oscar, <laughs> Oscar, don't, don't act like we haven't had these conversations. Don't start ducking now. No. Don't start ducking. I won't. It's true. It's, it's very true. Now, obviously, you are a very busy person and, uh, you know, you, you have lots and lots of interests, but how high is like a Matilda's call up? Is like how important is that to you? Or is that just something that if it happens, it happens? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen? 
Um, well, I think like I've been asked that a lot actually and it often is phrased like that, like is it at the top of your list or if it happens, it happens. And I feel like for me personally it's like healthier when it is almost a byproduct of like the hard work that you do in the moment. So I like to sort of think that I'm working hard for my team right now and like and I want to be performing at the best that I can for my team because that's the team that I'm in right now. And if that's recognized with the Matilda's call-up, I think that's um, obviously would be absolutely incredible and no football, like every footballer is going to aspire to that. But I think when you get bogged down and upset by the fact that you don't get a call-up or or whatnot and you're just very hyper-focused on Matilda's call-ups and not getting Matilda's call-ups, I think that's when you're skewing like how you're seeing football because I think it should just, I mean, call-ups can be also, and don't quote me on this, but like subjective, like yeah. football <laughs> no is. Fair. No, no, fair. So, no, we don't have to quote you. It's fair. It's a fair show. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you're always, there are people that are not going to like how you play. There are going to be people that love how you play. Um, and I think over the years in college, like I had, a season in college where I hardly played and the next season I played like every game. So it just like, it undulates. And I think when you give your happiness and your like joy in the game in someone else's hands, then it just crumbles. Like that's why I personally just like to focus on the team I'm in right now, the game that I'm going to play next week. Um, how can I be the best player for those players, for myself? Um, and Obviously, I'm going to be lying if I'm not aspiring for a Matilda spot, but I think over the years I've realized and learned that I can't be super hyper-focused on that because I'll just, like, maybe might be disappointed. And then what's the point in that? <laughs> no, fair. Yeah. No, no, I think that's a that's a great way to, to look at that. And, and hey, if they don't call you up, I'm saying they're missing out. Personally, yeah. you don't have no. to campaign for yourself. We'll yeah, campaign we'll for you. It. We'll get the T-shirts. We'll get the songs going. BD Goad for the <laughs> World Cup. Cup. For the World Cup. We're walking <laughs> around with the flag. BG World Cup. BG World Cup. No, it be, would be, so be fantastic yeah. to see you um, playing at the World Cup. Now, BD, on Radio Dub, obviously we've talked about a lot of serious things, but, you, you know, you, uh, you seem like you've got a, a sense of humour and you're, you know, you're quite, you seem like a quite funny individual. I want to know in the victory team. Are you? Are you like? I know Mayor Moskovsky is the ultimate joker at Melbourne Victory. Yeah. Women's team. Where are you ranking in terms of the comedy level? Are you bringing it, or are you kind of just like a, in a conversation? You just come out with the really quick and witty lines. Um, I I definitely wouldn't like put myself as the biggest clown because I think most of the time that people laugh at me, it's more at me than with me, <laughs> to be honest. But I will say that for, um, and maybe I'm like saying too much on this call that I shouldn't be, but right. anyway, for um, like introduction or in- introduction into the team, we do at Victory, um, you have to do a performance. And my performance actually with Tiff Eliadis, she would not mind me like including her in this, but Tiff and I, we actually did a skit and we acted out as each person on the team, oh, nice. um, even the coaching staff and our manager um, on an away trip in the dinner room, um, which, yeah, I think that surprised a lot of people. <laughs> They're like, what is Feedy doing? But I definitely can be a clown and there's definitely a funny side to me. Um, yeah, I'm not the team clown for sure, but 
Um, I, I bring I bring the jokes. I like when that. It's no, I like that. Somebody needs to find this footage for us. Yeah, yeah, Somebody, no, for sure. yeah. Someone's <laughs> filmed it. Bring that footage out, Melbourne Victory, right now. <laughs> who, who is your no. favourite person to impersonate, Beatty? Like, like who was at the top of your list? Like, oh, I can't oh. wait to pull out my impression of that particular person. Oh, uh, I mean, everybody is so niche on our team. They have those so many quirks. Um. Oh, I don't. Know. I don't want to put anyone under the bus. Okay. No, that's I fair. think that's I. Fair. That's fair. I will, you can tell us yeah, after the call. Don't yeah. Tell us after the call. Tell us after the yeah. call. <laughs> no, no. We we that, that's. I want to. I'm fascinated because I I I love those kind of things. I know it's very personal to the team, but also great content. Also fantastic. <laughs> fantastic content. I'd love to see that. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. No, but um, Beatty, you guys for Melbourne Victory. Obviously, the season hasn't been perfect, but you guys have worked incredibly hard and. This the massive win on the week on Monday against Melbourne City and helping you in a big push to make that top four. How do you see the team currently, and how did you see the game on Monday? Yeah, I mean the game on Monday was huge for us. Um, I think we were really focusing on our attitude, like post a goal, whether it was against or for. Um, since the last two games prior, we'd conceded right after scoring. So we were just like very focused on our attitude. And I think um, looking back on the game, we've all reflected that it was such a big team performance and we really can like perform under pressure. So it was a huge confidence boost for us. Um, it fueled the fire. Like we are really raring to go. We feel we feel strong and, and um, yeah, we just have, like, it's really strengthened our culture. Um, looking forward, I think one step at a time. Um, I think Kayla said that to all, us all and not to get too excited um, as it is just one game that we won. But um, out of many, but, you know, it's just one game. Um, so I think I think we're in a really good spot. We're trying not to be – we have experienced players, so – we know not to get cocky, um, but we know that, you know, the fire is burning and we're going to keep going. So, yeah. Now, Betty, we will let you go soon. We have been – oh, that's intense. That is so intense. And I'm not going to lie to you, Betty. I do think the fire alarm in our building has actually gone <laughs> off, which that's is wild. so incredibly funny. So we're going <laughs> to head to an and break <laughs> and we might be back or the building might be burning down. We're not quite sure. Yep. So, Betty, we really appreciate you. We may need Betty's help afterwards. Yeah, we might need yeah. your medical assistance. <laughs> Yeah, maybe I said fire too much. In yeah, the last <laughs> maybe. No, Beanie, we appreciate it. We're going to head to a quick break, here, a quick or long break here on Radio we'll Dark. We'll find out. And uh, we'll find out and we'll see everybody later. <laughs> Thanks, Beanie. No worries. Thanks, Beanie. Be Bye. safe. Bye. Bye. Pick it. She lays it off. Teresa Polaris. Jump around, jump around. 